Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, go, baby, 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 go, I am Dory. Here it is, Sunday again. We get, did it, everybody. Last possible minute. Here we are. Well, it's not the last possible minute. That's true. We could be doing the Sunday night. Yes, I did. So I did a lot of podcasting the last three days. You did? I did. So this feels like old hat. <laughs> yep. You're just an old hat. Yes. Um... Tori's book is due tomorrow and she can barely see straight. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because I wrote, I read, I read what you wrote. I know. It's funny. Is that funny? I've been working very hard. I know. You've been, you've been really plowing away on writing a book um, for quite a while. Yeah. And kicked it over drive recently. Yep. Because it's due on Monday. Yeah. This whole time I thought it was due on Friday. No, no, due Monday, tomorrow. Tomorrow, and you're taking time out of your busy schedule to record this podcast to tell people to pre-order your book. 
I mean, that would be great if they could pre-order my book. Yes. It's just so, you know, it's a nice show of support for someone who you've been tolerating in your ears for the past, oh, four years? Oh, my God. It's been almost four years. Yeah. Wow. That's how long, like almost as long as I've been doing the next conversation. That is wild. It's crazy because Henry is, um, Henry was not a thing when it started and now he's a walking talking almost talking thing yogurt eating yeah thing which was really all we wanted to accomplish we just wanted someone who could eat yogurt this podcast so (laughs) thank you all for listening this will be yep okay bye buy my book (laughs) buy buy dory's book we'll see you later um no but seriously you can buy my book i have a bunch of links up at linktree slash dory shafrier that's linktr.ee l-i-n-k-t-r.ee slash dory shafrier i have links to it's in the show notes if you need it. it's in the show notes i got i got links to everyone in there hi bo Bo's like, why aren't you guys letting us me in? I can see you. This door is glass. It's not one of your solid wooden doors. This is a sliding door I can see through. I clearly know you're having fun without me. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what's been going on with me. Bo and Henry really have FOMO. They have severe FOMO. It's pretty. Who do you, Who do you think has worse FOMO? hard to say right well henry is louder yeah but Bo is more destructive yes but Bo also does give up eventually and just lays down does he though yeah i feel like at bath time he does not stop he takes breaks henry doesn't take that's breaks. true that's true um but they they do but they both seem to really be uh what's a what's a word for annoying <laughs> um I, I i don't know had quite a week off everybody really lazed about on monday mm-hmm. and i started to feel guilty about not doing anything and then i got pretty i mean i did stuff but not as much as i wanted to do there was a table read during the week. I had to also go in to work to get another COVID test so I can work on Monday. You got my car taken care of. I took Dory's car in for service. Uh, recorded a bunch of podcasts with Andy. Had some therapy. And stayed indoors. Because it's a hellscape in California right now. We had record temperatures, followed by just smoky fire sky. Yeah. So if you're up north, I uh, hope you're safe and uh, hopefully they can fully contain these things and maybe we get a nice change in weather. Hopefully some wind stops. But yeah. It's been quite a week of, 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 you know, every hiatus week is like a mini quarantine. Go on. Well, it's a time when I should get more done, but don't. Mm. 
perhaps you have unrealistic expectations for what you no i don't want to get done i don't think i do i think it's very realistic i just wish that i were better at uh, attaining those goals realizing them rather um like for instance just the fact that um well, we we're talking. I mean, I was talking to my therapist yesterday about how I am so bad at getting back to people, mm-hmm. and it the longer it takes me to get back to someone, the less likely it is likely it is that I will get back to them because mm-hmm. I feel embarrassed and guilty about not mm-hmm. having returned their message. That I then worry about what to say. Right. I think that's pretty common. And then it spirals into. But, I mean, is it common for 354 unread text messages to be on a phone? No. Okay. That is not common. Because that's what I'm dealing with right now. I think that's, I think what you're describing is is a symptom of ADHD. Well, I mean, it's also a cyclical guilt thing as far as I'm concerned. Where I feel guilty. And then just it, guilt begets guilt. But I think the part of the reason why you're not getting back to people in the first place is that like it's an executive function situation. Where, I, like, I'd like to say that. I'd like to believe that, but I don't think that's accurate. Entirely. What do you think is what do you think is the case? I think I see I see a text message. I don't know what to say, and then because I don't know what to say in that exact moment, I don't answer, and then it just spirals. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like, no one's expecting me to say anything. They're just sharing a meme or something. Did your therapist have any analysis of of this situation? It's my guilt. Mm. I'm very guilty. Why? I don't know. I feel guilty all the time. Catholicism, maybe. Mm. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to even think about something I don't feel guilty about. Like wow. even like Henry, I can, you know, I, I feel guilty about him constantly. Like either I'm not spending enough time with him, or I'm not um, engaging with him in the right way, or uh, you know, there's many ways that that realizes itself. Guilty about you not spending time enough time with you. Not spending enough quality time with you. Um, not doing everything I need to be doing around the house. And I feel guilty about that. Mm-hmm. Then that creates a, another spiral. And then in the eating, of course, like I eat something bad, I feel guilty about it. Then mm-hmm. I feel sad, and then I'm sad, so I eat. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's a circle of life. <laughs> Is this the f- that song is about? Is this the first time you've discussed this with your therapist? Uh, the guilt aspect of it, ye- like it's the first time we really d- dove into. It. We talked about it a little bit last week, but then it sort of it just has been at the forefront of my brain mm. because I have yet to text back Jonah. Oh, and I it's see. Like, I just don't understand why I can't just, <laughs> it's so, well, I mean, I also, I have not heard back from, ACAST was great, they got back to me, but another network has not 
they're just like probably the worst I've seen it actually getting in touch with somebody. It's wild. So why don't you just not deal with them? I think that's probably where it just is going to end up. But I wanted to sort of, I wanted to have the options. Yeah. And uh, hopefully arrive at the best, the thing that will be best for Jonah and I in our podcast going forward. Um, but then like the other thing is like, I, I was like, oh, I don't have anything to say. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how to fill up this much podcasting time because I also feel like when I work, nothing is going on in my life. Right. Cause you're only working. Cause I'm only at work and I, and I think of work as very dull. Mm-hmm. Well, not dull. I like work. Right. I like my job, but I also don't know how interesting it is to anybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's only so many things that can be different about my day. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right, it's like right. it's every kind of day it's show up, we have X amount of pages to shoot and we'll shoot them. Right. So it'll be funny and we'll go home. The end. Like that's pretty much what the day is like for me. Um, But I don't know. It's so then like the thought of like how, how, what, what, I mean, when is peak saturation of me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm certainly bored of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I put that on everybody else. Mm-hmm. This is this is sort of my week, everybody. I hope you're all enjoying Matt's excellent adventure. But don't you also feel like like there's probably a few Matt Myra super fans who are going to listen to you I'm, on every platform. And I'm grateful for them. But there's probably nice. some fans who like maybe aren't into Star Trek, so they haven't been listening to TNC. Yeah. And they're not trying to have a kid. And I know there are listeners here who aren't trying to have a kid or don't have kids, but there aren't that many of them. But there are probably people who like miss you and Jonah from Nerdist who like want to listen to you. Right. You know? Right. Uh, Sure. And also, but I think like it's interesting the idea of like, uh, then I worry about like, it's like every week I'm making the rounds on a talk show circuit, right. <laughs> but I can't do the same stories on everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like even this conversation of guilt, I just talked about it last night with Andy for like four minutes on TNC. Mm-hmm. But um, that this will be out first and that'll be out next week. And yeah. I'm just like, whatever. It's just on my brain and this is what this part of the show is about. <laughs> well, I think you and Jonah need something to like anchor it around yes that's not just the two of you i know gabbing i know i know hot goss Should we just call it the hot goss bench yes you call it matt's gossip corner <laughs> matt and jonah's gossip corner the hot the hot goss box yeah. <laughs> and it's just gossip about ryan gosling <laughs> it's the hot goss box oh thank you will you tune in yes i definitely. mean who wouldn't Exactly. And one day we just work every episode. We just work to getting Gosling on. Yeah. And then I bet we could get him on in like three weeks. But. Well, you know, Who Weekly has a recurring segment called "What's Rita Ora up to?" That's like a big inside joke about Rita Ora. Well, you know, we have a segment on next conversation called Frank Sinatra Come On, which I- is literally what Frank Sinatra was doing the week that that episode of Star Trek aired. There you go. <laughs> fascinating by the way how much touring he's doing in his 70s wow really yes like this week was the week of january 25th 1992 Mm -hmm. and uh, he had just wrapped up five days 
opening up this venue in Cerritos. Oh. And then he had to go run out and do five days of the Desert Inn in Vegas. Wow. And like early before the before Christmas in ninety one, he was doing a bunch of shows with um, Shelley, Shirley MacLaine at, at Radio City. <laughs> I mean, but that to me says that like he really loved doing it. Yes, of course. Because like, he I'm clearly didn't like need the money. Every week I'm impressed when it's like when Frank Sinatra's doing stuff. Right. It's rarely. There was one week where he went back to Palm Springs to play a little golf. <laughs> so he's a workaholic. Yeah, which I get. Which for you sure. relate to. Um but also, uh, I don't know. It's it's funny because like I'm going through all this stuff with my lack of doing anything, and you're in there writing a book mm-hmm. where you're doing you're doing a ton mm-hmm. and seemingly getting stuff done. Mm. Trying to, yeah. But you're but you're inwardly motivated. Yep. Yeah, you have a deadline. That's so been a little outward. That's motivation. been pushed several times. Yeah. And it's now at the point where I feel I'm I feel guilt, and I don't feel guilt that often, but I'm feeling guilt that I've yeah. pushed it so many times, and that I just like I just need to finish it. It's interesting, I was, you know. I was talking about you to my therapist regarding the guilt situation, mm. and how you always like to point out that I like to be a martyr, mm. and I like to just you know, I like to do the dishes even though no one asked me to. And then complain about having done the dishes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Etc. Signature Matt Myra move. It's, 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 <laughs> I think you should all pick it up. You'll have empty sinks and happy homes. Uh, but uh, he was asking if you have, if you have guilt. And I was like, she doesn't really, which is weird because, you know, she's got one of those classic Jewish mothers in, in the way of like, mm. you know, you know your mother. Mm-hmm. And I feel like guilt on that side of things, usually, that's a, another thing the Jews have in common with the Catholics, mm-hmm. is guilt. It's a different kind I of know. guilt, it's though. a very different kind of guilt. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is, though. I mean, I guess mine's all internalized. Yeah. And I also like there's like a, there's like an aspect of it where you're just... There's like a keep calm, carry on kind of a thing mm-hmm. in Catholicism mm-hmm. where you just sort of bury everything mm-hmm. as deep down as you can and just move along. Yeah, Jews don't do that. Right. Usually. Jews invented the word oy vey mm-hmm. as a way of not doing that. <laughs> right. And, you know. <laughs> we just swallow it and then occasionally, uh, every every so often, we get to uh, spill it all out in a, in a wooden box mm-hmm. next to a priest. Um. Anyway, so th- that's sort of what's been percolating, n- knocking around the old noggin. Yeah. This week. Yeah. <laughs> As I uh, prepare to go back to work again. Do you feel less apprehensive going back now than you did originally? Certainly, because I know what it's what it looks like. Yeah. I know what. You know, I know how to get from A to B. To yeah, C. yeah, yeah. I mean, half of your anxiety when you're going back or start is something like is just not knowing. Yeah, fear of the unknown. Well, it's also like just not knowing the actual routine. Right, and it's got to be especially like. disorienting for something that you've been doing for a long time, and all of a sudden the routine is totally yes. changing. Yeah, but it's also like we've also now that we've done two, it's 
we've I think we've all adapted pretty well and yeah it's not that hard just have to like you know wear a mask for 12 hours and people like people ask me about it constantly what do you mean like they'll be like Matt's back at work like they just like everyone is like fascinated fascinated. yeah everyone wants to know if you're doing the no the nasal swab or the oral swab nasal that's what I that's what I thought. Yeah. And I keep telling them they're like, whoa, three times a week. And I'm like, yep. Well, we had we had the first company was they handed it to us and we did it ourselves on both sides. Mm. And this company we're using currently, they they really, you know, they, they get up in there, They get up in there, which is actually I don't mind it at six thirty in the morning because it wakes you the fuck up. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, go ahead. <laughs> ah, all right, let's go. Um. So if I could start every day with a nasal swab, uh, maybe I'd do it. Hmm. Interesting. It's like pulling a um, nose hair. Ah. Uh, you know, that kind of like, maybe you don't know, but that kind of like, ah, mm-hmm. and then your eye starts watering for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Well, it is painful. Yeah, sure. But why does the eye water? I don't know. Exactly. Good question. <laughs> hmm. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's doing. Hope you're all uh, having a good time, guilt-free out there. <laughs> And uh, I suppose we could take a break. Be right back. Yeah, let's do that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. 
I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hello, we're back. Um, uh, I hope you're not uh, you're not feeling too guilty about how long we were gone. I'm feeling guilty about it. Me too. So before we hear from our listeners, I just want to remind everyone that they can email us at doryandmatt at gmail.com or mattanddorygmail.com. And our phone number is 413-461-BABY. We still have a very active Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash excellent adventure. And there's a spinoff group for pregnancy and children as well. Yeah, I feel like that group will long outlast us. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm even mean humanity. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Our first email yes. is an update. I like updates. From Anonymous. Uh-huh. Who writes. Yes. Hi, Matt and Dory. Thanks for reading my email. Figured I'd give an update. First, our fridge never got delivered. Oh, no. I was so frustrated by the delivery fiasco, I canceled the order and got a refund. We have a 15-year-old fridge that's pretty small. How do you fit in all those refrigerated meds for IVF? After all that, they didn't get the fridge. <laughs> I mean, I look, you can do some creative packing. Maybe there's some fridge cubes. Oh. On the collection quandary, my hormonal rage has subsided a bit, so I'm trying to look at things more from my husband's perspective. I get it's stressful to do under pressure, and they're letting him collect at home. Great. There's a hotel next to our clinic, so he may stay the night there, so he won't even have to drive in the day of drop-off. Okay. I appreciated all the feedback about having a backup frozen sample. We called our clinic to see if we could do this, and they said, we won't unfreeze your eggs until you bring the sample in, which is not what they told us previously. Previously, we were told it had to be in by 8.30. They also failed to tell me I was supposed to call on the first day of my period, so I guess we're no longer doing a fresh transfer since we now have to wait until my next period. Communication is not a strong suit of our clinic. <laughs> wow. But it's the only one in town, so we don't have many options. The next closest is a three-hour drive. Thanks so much for all you both do. I appreciate you still juggling doing this podcast on top of your others, show running, book writing, and Henry and Bo raising. Much love, Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous. Uh, that's good news that there's a hotel right there. I'll let them collect. And also that they won't tell your egg until he brings a sample in. That's seems like pertinent information. Yeah. And he probably would have had less of a stress. No, but they were going to do... Initially, they were doing it the day of her retrieval, uh, so the eggs weren't frozen. Back on board. Yeah. yeah gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. This is from Anonymous, a different Anonymous. Or it could be the same. Or we it could don't be the know. same. We don't know. That's the beauty of Anonymous. 
All right. I'm writing in response to the person asking about screening embryos for cancer markers due to a history of cancer on her husband's side. Remember this whole discussion? Yes, I do. Yeah. All right. I work in oncology genetic research, and there are actually very few inherited genetic markers that are a sure thing for cancer. So the BRCA gene, the end, as far as all I read. Like, honestly. I mean. I can't even think of more than one. It is a concern that several people on her husband's side have had cancer, but the first step would be to figure out if it's possible to identify a risk variant in the husband and then weigh the risk of thawing, testing, and potentially damaging the embryos against what could be gained by testing. I imagine the genetic counselor could help in interpreting the impact of any discovered variants. The other point I wanted to make was that this is a different situation from the person asking about cystic fibrosis screening, since having two copies of a CF variant will lead to CF and will impact the health of the child from a young age. Having a cancer risk variant increases your likelihood of getting cancer, but it's not a sure thing, and plenty of people get cancer without having such variants, whereas all CF patients have two copies of a CF mutation. Interesting. I agree with your points on the timing, too. If this is something causing a lot of anxiety, six months would be worth it to figure out what's going on. I don't want to be dismissive of the writer, as cancer is definitely a real concern, but unfortunately, the genetics of cancer are often not as clear as variant equals disease, no variant equals no disease. Mm -hmm. Thanks, both of you. I love the pod. I've been listening weekly since episode seven or eight, but never written in. This is actually my first time writing into any podcast. Well, I mean, look, if we have tickled that itch, <laughs> thank you. Matt, stay safe at work. Wishing you all well. Anonymous. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, good point, though, about the CF thing. Yes, yes, yes. Very good point. Um, yeah. I, again, I don't know. I'd like to follow up from them. Yes, yeah, same. After they read about it on our message board. <laughs> that um, is this podcast. We actually got a couple of voicemails on I, this topic as well. I was listening to the fretboard, not the fretboard journal, uh, the Fret Files podcast. And they do their, they do it twice a month. So they do the 15th and the, and the first or whatever. Okay. But it was funny because a guy had written in <laughs> two weeks before asking about uh, modifying the tone control on his neck pickup of a Telecaster. All right. So Eric had like some thoughts on that. Then the next week, three people call in about this. And somebody else, and then Eric pointed out that it was like it's like he's running the world's slowest guitar <laughs> message board. <laughs> and I thought it was very funny. Uh, and I was like, that is exactly what our pod this podcast. We run the world's slowest IVF <laughs> message board. True. <laughs> well, that's why. I but mean, we're twice as fast as the fret files. We are. And if you write into our show, you get an auto response that says like we can't get to every question you can like ask on our facebook group it's very helpful and that is a faster message board oh for sure but i i i, I i'm kind of charmed by it yeah it's kind of mayberry-esque totally so thank you everyone um all right let's hear a voicemail about this very topic Hi, Matt and Dory. I did just pause the pod in response to this week's caller who's concerned about her husband's family history of cancer. And I did want to say that this is something I've experienced. Um, my family is more or less riddled with it. Um, my mother passed away from breast cancer. My father had bladder cancer. Both of my grandfathers died of cancer, um, one in his kidneys, one in his throat. I had an uncle who had a sarcoma that he passed away from. I had um, two aunts who passed away from breast cancer. So 
you get the picture that there's a lot of it. Um, and I did have the opportunity to sit down with a genetic counselor, and one of the things that she reassured me is that people tend to think that these things must be hereditary, but she said that really only about 10% of cancers are hereditary. She said that she would attribute about 50% of them to environmental factors, um, which is why they're so pervasive in families. So if I, for instance, was to go back through, that makes sense. literally every single one of those people in my family who had cancer, um, every one of them smoked, um, at least at some point in their life, um, not to mention other things that they may have been exposed to and stuff like that. Um, and she was so confident that, you know, me as a non-smoker uh, did not need to worry about breast cancer, um, that she was unwilling to test me for the BRCA gene. Now, this was before my mother passed away, and she was still trying to encourage my mom to get the genetic testing. So I'm sure if I called back, um, now that that link is gone, they'd be more willing to test me. Um, and I'm obviously sure that, you know, genetic counselors could speak more accurately to this than I can. Um, but again, it was it was reassuring to know that despite that, um, you know, the counselor herself was was pretty confident that I did not need to worry about catching some type of hereditary cancer. So, I hope that helps, guys. Have a wonderful day. Hmm. Well, I'll be <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't. Look, I, I, it's also interesting, too. Like, you think about families. Usually, often, families aren't living very far from each other, too. So, yeah. like, in, when you say environmental, it literally also could mean, you know, you're on top of an old chemical plant. Right, right, right. So. Or, like, the family everybody worked in construction and sprayed asbestos for a living. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. so many weird things. Yeah. Yeah. We got another voicemail about this. Okay. As long as guilt isn't a Hi, Kate from Atlanta. Um, I'm calling in to respond to the caller who's concerned about her husband's family's cancer history and Kind of what it might mean, excuse me, for um, their embryos. Um, breast cancer runs in my family, as it does with I think a lot of families. My great grandmother had it. My grandmother had it. My mom had it. My aunt has it. So I've just kind of lived the last 15 years of my life with the assumption that I'm, you know, might get breast cancer in my life, and it's obviously unsettling especially considering that i do have a two and a half year old but it's just something that you know my mom was very frank with me like when i she was got sick when i was in college so i was definitely old enough to remember it and thankfully she's you know she's survived not on wood like it's been almost 20 years um but i have a daughter and like i have i have thought about that like what did i potentially pass something along so my mom um a couple of years ago had the test to see if she carried the breast cancer gene and she actually doesn't. So it's kind of weird almost because it's like, even if we had, if I had done testing and we'd like test my daughter, there's no way to know. And I'm an incredibly anxious person. And a lot of my anxiety comes from like health related issues. And, you know, as a parent, one of my greatest fears is something terrible happening, happening to my child. So I understand where the caller is coming from, but I would kind of just say, 
let it go, roll the dice, just transfer the embryo and, and not like quote unquote worry about it later, but I would just kind of maybe do a, like a, like a wide swath of the family history. Like how old were they when they got sick? You know, like that type of thing. Like at least in my case with my family, if everybody's getting sick like in their fifties and so it's not like super young and just kind of like be prepared to have the conversation with your daughter or your, with your child, with your children when that happens and just like let them know just as with like, heart disease or diabetes or anything that might run in your family. <clears throat> and then I might also recommend that she either prior to this or during this talk to the therapist because it's the, I really identified with her talking about like kind of with the control issues and wanting to make sure everything was fine for her children. And I get that. I struggle with that too. Um, I think that's just part of being a parent and it's never going to go away, but it, it might help if you go and talk to somebody. So those are just my thoughts on, you know, whatever she decides will be the right decision for her. Um, but I just wanted to call in and kind of somebody in a quasi-similar position offer up some advice. Thank you. Uh, so that if she if her mother doesn't carry it, then she does not carry it? Or can it come from the paternal it side? It can come from the paternal side. Gotcha. But the fact that her mother had it. Mm-hmm was like i think made them think that she might have it right i know but once that test is run then it's like then do you think oh i should still get tested anyway yeah i mean you can always get i know someone who got it from her father's side Hmm. so so there you go all right this next email is from janan Hi, Matt and Dory. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. I'm one of your few listeners not going through an infertility journey as I'm currently in my early slash mid-20s and no kids in the foreseeable future. Oh, enjoy your youth. <laughs> really hold on to it. Don't get older. I've been re- having a really hard time for the past three years and your podcast brightens my day every week and makes me forget about my problems for a bit. Oh, Well, that's, you know, it's the beauty of podcasting. So we're getting your head and then you should deal with us. <laughs> I also pre-ordered Dory's book on Audible. Whoa. Even though I do not usually read nonfiction, fave genre is fantasy books. I have a question for Matt since he started therapy again. <clears throat> yes. Sorry if this has been mentioned before, but have you spoken to your therapist about why you are against having another child? Since this is something that you guys seem to be going forward with, I'd hate to see any resentment between you in case it does or doesn't work out. While I don't know all the details about your life, I think that you and Dory are wonderful parents to Henry, and I can totally see you being wrapped around a tiny girl's finger. Uh, you know what's funny is like that is like so far down my radar currently mm-hmm. that I haven't brought it up. Mm. I mean, I haven't even really brought Henry up. Mm-hmm. Point is, guys, I'm broken. Put on your own oxygen mask first. That's and what you're then, saying. And then I help the, a child or my my seatmate. I must add that hearing yours and other listeners' stories have been an eye-opener for me because in my culture, it's very rare that a married couple decides to not have children or to just have one child. I don't personally agree with it, but it's usually thought... But usually it's thought of, oh, you got married, so you better stop popping many, you better start popping many children out soon or else why did you get married in the first place? As you can imagine, this has many negative effects that I won't go into, although things have definitely been changing for the better. 
Janan, living with two siblings, two parents, no pets, and one long-distance BF, which I hate, the long-distance thing, not the BF, in a 1,000 square feet in Dubai, but hoping to relocate to Canada soon. That feels like the literal polar opposite, just in climate. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Look, I just, I hope you have some parkas and... uh, if you get to Canada, let me know. I, I might join you. All right, bye. I love Canada. You want to move to Canada? Oh, I'd love to move to Canada. They won't take us, though. You don't think? No. Mm. What do they need with us? You're right. We don't need you. Oh, your eyebrows are big. We have two levees up here. We don't need you. <laughs> All right. Uh, is, it, <clears throat> is it time to take another break? I mean, it could be. Sure. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey everyone, we've returned. Canada still waiting for an answer. <laughs> yep, still no answer. Um, all right, this is from Kara. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Just learned about your pod a few weeks ago when my friend told me about it because Hubs and I are in the process of trying to make science baby number two. I listened to the first few episodes. The deuce. Decided I liked you in the pod a lot and jumped ahead to a more recent post where you started talking about Baby number two, you now have the honor and distinction of being the first and so far only podcast I've ever listened to. I hope we remain the only podcast you ever listened to. <laughs> All right. Hubby and I, uh, so the process of making baby number two is proving to be more challenging than making number one was. She was the result of my first transfer after two retrievals mm-hmm. to make four embryos. For number two, the first transfer was initially successful but ended in miscarriage a few days before the heartbeat ultrasound. And I just found out last week transfer two was a failure. We only have one embryo left, so mm. I want to give it the best shot at success. So after talking to my doc, she wants to do another saline sonogram, another biopsy. We did both after the miscarriage and all the good and also put me on Genuvia during the prep phase. Has anyone done this? Apparently, it's a diabetes med that has a lot has had a lot of off-label success of prepping the lining and making it very receptive for transfers and baby aspirin next time. I also requested an ERA. Is there anything else I should ask my doctor about before we proceed to transfer number two? Thanks so much for all you do to normalize infertility slash IVF. You're amazing. All my best, Kara. A 37-year-old, also former mass hole, Newbury Comics for the win, now living in New Jersey in 2,700 square feet with one husband, one 20-month-old IVF science baby, two dogs, a 15-pound black poodle, and a 30-pound Tibetan terrier. Do you like your neighborhood? We're thinking about going out to the East Coast. <laughs> and a 30-gallon planted aquarium. Whoa. That's wild. What does that mean? What is a planted aquarium? I don't know. Okay. Does that mean that like it's real plants, not plastic plants? I have no idea. I never had an aquarium. We weren't we weren't really like tropical fish people. We were tropical. We had aquariums. My dad had aquariums. I had an aquarium in my room. I miss fish. Should I get an aquarium? Henry would love it. Henry would love it. How do you think Bo would feel about it? Confused. 
Yeah, I feel like you angry. No, I feel like he would probably ignore it. Yeah, probably. But also, like, I don't know, the maintenance of a fish tank. Yeah, it's a lot. Although, I don't know where I'd put it. I guess it could go where that hutch is behind the dining room table. No. Mm. There's nowhere good to There's put it in the aquarium. Sorry, it. Henry. All right. No fish for you. Dory, regarding your oh, audio. We could put it where we could put it on that one wall in Henry's room between the closet door and the bathroom door. Mm. We could. But would the light from the like would it bother him at night? The light goes off. Oh. Fish need a clock too. Mm. Thank you. Thanks for <laughs> thank you for that email that now has had Wait, she has a PS discussing aquariums, yes. Dory, regarding your audiobook, my favorite memoir slash autobiography audiobook is Eddie Izzard's because he goes off book with extra stories and details all the time. It's awesome. PPS here That's what I was telling you to do. Yeah, I know. Well if Eddie Izzard does it. Well, I feel like you and Eddie, aside from the fact that he's run ultra marathons like four in a row or something wow. like four days in a row like ran like 50 miles Good like it's crazy him. anyway i don't know why that's the most interesting fact about eddie Izzard to me Good um she also has some links to inclusive book options for fertility doc conceived children each book has multiple versions for different kinds of conception and families oh that's cool um one is called before you were born our wish for a baby and that's it xyandme.com and then the p that was me our favorite she writes and that is at booksfordonorkids.com slash our dash books.html the p that was me p-e-a like oh. the little p i was gonna say it's gonna really confuse kids because they'll yeah. think that you pee out sperm <laughs> uh do you have any uh, more lining prepping advice um no i genuvia sounds like such a weirdly fake drug name totally it does um yeah i mean it's it's interesting because you had a successful transfer so it makes me wonder if the issue is with the embryos and not with your lining you didn't say whether they were pgs tested embryos so i'm wondering but what did you what did you mean what, what in reference to biopsying again what was she biopsying Um, I think she wants, oh, I don't know. Yeah. See, that's the question. My guess is it's not the embryo. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They don't know. We don't know anything. They don't know. They probably do know. Mm. Tell us. (laughs) Um, but yeah, to have, I mean, the baby, Dory did the baby aspirin thing. Yeah, I did. Um, should not take Genuvia. And Dory was of the mindset that it wouldn't work. So maybe that's also good for you. <laughs> Bring on that negative mindset. <laughs> Just make sure your husband is uh, positive about it. Or partner. Thank you. And good luck. Yeah, good luck, Also, Karen. if anyone has any other advice. Yeah, let us know. Hit us up on the email message board. Or as Kate says on Forever 35, hit us up on the jeans. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from Sam. It's an update from Sam. I like updates quite a bit because it makes it really feel like a message board. <laughs> what hey, are you? What's going on? Hey, gang. This Friday evening, the fourth. So they actually sent this 
because we were, I think we recorded, or I put it together after, I don't know. I got, I got this email after I'd put the podcast together last week. So it didn't make it into last week's We also were verbose email. last week yes, and didn't have time for we every were. email. All right. Anyway, this Friday evening, the 4th, marks me being on my own for five weeks. Do you remember Sam from Kansas? I absolutely do. And uh, I can't wait to hear if uh, uh, she figured out, A, what to do with their time, B, friends, C, aquariums. Okay. We have a lot of updates. I'm trying to celebrate this little achievement just because it's a first. I truly do feel that I'm in a much better place than I was when I last wrote. Great. I'm excited to share that I finally have Wi-Fi. After a week and a half of being alone with my thoughts and a lot of hole drilling and rerouting, I finally have the luxury of Schitt's Creek to occupy my mind after sunset. I've also been reading a lot of books, courtesy of the local library. Mm-hmm. I will request Dory's memoir next week after I finish and return John Krakauer's Missoula, <sighs> Rape and the Justice System in a College Town, a very different read from his Into the Wild or Into Thin Air, which I believe have been discussed on the podcast before. John Krakauer is a feed read superstar. Well, it's hard to become a feed read superstar on our show. What do you need to do to become a feed Mary breed? Roach, John Krakauer, uh-huh. Nick Hornby. Okay. Uh... trying to think of who else is there no but Klosterman. but what do you have to do to to, to become a feebreed superstar scott and i have to read more than one of your books oh, I see. in the span of us discussing books got it got it <laughs> then you become a feebreed superstar cool um all right i also have survived my first week of teaching another achievement worth celebrating it's great to be surrounded and working with kids again even when it's seeing class of 25 kids wearing face masks staring at you that's already been a daily heartbreak Though oddly enough, the anxiety of it all has worked as a distraction to my loneliness. Mm. As per your advice, I've been separating myself and putting my phone to bed as needed. I've been sleeping with my phone outside of my bedroom, which is a break I didn't know I needed. I've been to the Target more afternoons than I've been away. Matt's right. The familiarity does help. Just Mm -hmm. being out and away from my apartment helps me be a little more productive with my weekends. I've been going on a daily sunset walk around the neighborhood. I now look forward to this walk every day. I like this a lot. As for adopting a pet, I would love to adopt a dog. I know it just wouldn't be responsible. I'm now away from my apartment from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. daily. Okay. I wouldn't want to isolate a dog for that long. A cat isn't something I want in my life. I just (laughs) have never been a fan of them. I like the honesty. That is, uh, that's, you, you know, you and me both, Sam. Depending on what happens next, I may foster a dog if schools close again and I can commit to rehabilitating a furry friend for a few months. I have met some other new teachers. We've already been on each other's patios sipping beers on the weekends. That's great. I feel I have some friendships on the horizon. For the most part, I've been doing what I consistently do, throwing myself into my work to distract myself from the stuff out of my control. I have people checking in all the time. I now feel that I'm going to be okay. Thank you to all who reached out with support. As I said, I'm in a better place than a month ago when I wrote that email. Those initial feelings of loneliness have already dissipated. Thanks again. Give both some snuggles and keep the Daily Henry updates on Instagram coming. Sam. P.S. I use he, him pronouns. I guess I never identified myself as male in my last email. So at some point, she, her pronouns were being used to refer to me. No worries. I know. (laughs) But I thought that right at the top. When I said it, when I said her, uh-huh. I thought to myself, wait, is it, a, is it her? Yeah. Anyway, Sam, bud. Sorry we misgendered you. We're f- fucking, we're idiots. You know, that's on us. Yeah, it is. I mean, really, it's on you. We're <laughs> not writing Samuel Clements or whatever. <laughs> no, uh, okay. So the target thing is good. 
I like the sunset walk. Let's cut the beers, bro, because, I mean, it's just like, how many carbs are you going to have in a day? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I hope they're socially distanced beers. Well, it sounds like they're outside on the patio. I oh, assume. That's true. I assume that they are also socially distanced. Um, but I do wonder about. You know, he could get an the aquarium. aquarium thing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's where I was going. I do wonder about you getting fish. You don't need to be around them. That's true. They probably prefer when you're not around them. Kind of into this idea now. Getting a fish tank. Captain Picard had a fish tank in his ready room. How many fish do you have? One named Livingston. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> wow. All right, Sam. Please, uh, I'd like, I'd like uh, monthly updates from Sam. I would too. Sam, please keep us updated. Us All right, this next email is from another Sam. Let's see if this Sam <laughs> is worthy of weekly of monthly updates. Hi, Matt and Dory. First of all, how are you both do- doing during these fires? I am up in Portland and I'm safe oh, for the time being. Oh, my goodness. But it's quite scary seeing my whole state up in flames. 1,300 square miles in Portland. I mean, uh, in Oregon. Holy crap. Uh, you know, fire season in L.A., I think this... The scariest I've seen it was that fire that almost took down the Griffith Observatory in like 08 or 2010, maybe. Mm, I wasn't here for that. There was a fire and it was, you could just, you were just watching it move across the hills. Yikes. And like just watching all of that burn up there, like uh, Glendale, not Glendale. Well, yeah, I guess it was Glendale and like, it was crazy and like horrifying. Luckily, we're like in the flats of of like, and not a ton of. Yeah, it would basically uh, like it would have to be incredibly bad for things to actually burn here. Yeah, which by the way, it's twenty twenty, so who I know. knows? We should have a go bag. Uh, we do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go to REI and get it, <laughs> and then fill it with stuff. On our way out of town. Oh, boy. Um, But also the weirdest thing here, and I I know Portland very similarly, the the color of the sky during the day. Yeah. Uh, Three days ago, it was just so sepia. It was so, it so looked like Blade Runner. Mm. It was wild. It was like you were, it was like you had tinted contacts on. Yeah, it was weird. The light coming through the window in the in the morning. Red. Yeah, it was creepy. Um, we hope you're still safe. And uh, yeah, other than the smell of smoke every morning, it's we've been getting through. All right. Well, I'm going to read the rest of their email. I just learned about ARCs. That's advanced reader copy for a book. Oh. <laughs> and I'm wondering if Dory's publisher I, I sent them out that. for her new book. Not yet. I'm very curious about how advanced <laughs> copies get into out into the world. So please provide info if possible. <laughs> Dory's Dory's bookshelf behind. If you ever see Dory, a picture of her when she's zooming, her bookshelf is full of arcs. Yeah, I have a lot of arcs. Full of them. We get them. I mean, I I would get them from g4 nerdist times people Mm. like publishers would send them out to me Mm -hmm. and they were usually pretty geared towards whatever the fuck nerdy type things yeah uh like i got um 
Mike, the guy that is show running Lower Decks, he wrote a Star Trek parody some years ago. Mm. And I they sent I have an arc of that. Mm, that makes sense. Um but yes, I have a I have a bunch of them, but Dory has like four hundred times more. I have a lot. They how advanced copies get out into the world, they're usually sent to press or some, you know, media to get them to want to cover the book when it comes out. So mm-hmm. they need advanced copies. Um and like book reviewers and people of that ilk um there will be arcs sent out for my book or galleys as they are often referred to um but since my book is getting turned in tomorrow the arcs do not exist yet (laughs) since your book is not finished the arcs do not exist correct um also for matt i never knew the long and exhausting hours of working on a set Mm. until i did so myself it is dot 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 something else i worked on the set of shrill last summer and think our longest day was 14 hours it gave me a new appreciation just 14 for a well-crafted show thanks for all that you both do stay safe and take care of each other love sam 800 square feet in portland with a boyfriend and a perpetually nervous eight-year-old cat sam uh the fact that you only had to do 14 and that was your longest day mazel the worst i think the longest day i had i remember us shooting it was two o'clock in the morning we had gotten there at seven. We're doing reshoots. We had to do reshoots for an episode that was going to air. It was going to air the. We're we're going on hiatus Friday. We're having a hiatus week, that week, and then it was airing the next Wednesday. Yikes! So it was like we rewrote an act and a half. We flew in, the actor who was our guest cast that we needed to reshoot, and um. Man, it was late. George was in the scene too, and it was. Oh, George! He was. Yeah, he was great. He thought it was. He was laughing. It's a very dumb scene. <laughs> it's a scene where all the kids are. They have all their stuff around. Uh, his point is that they're spoiled, and they go, "We're not spoiled." And then all of their stuff is on the table, and they go, "Hey, who took my blah 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 mm. blah blah?" So, uh, but yeah, that day I remember. And that's 19 hours. I, yeah, I remember getting, just losing all sense of, of, uh, edit. Like, essentially, when I'm there, I'm also thinking about the edit and, like, what we would cut to, what the next shot would be. Like, in this, like, when you're saying this line, are you going to be in a Y, a two shot, or whatever? What's the funniest version of this? So, my brain for that just was gone mm. by then. And I just was like, and I knew that I was going to be in the bay with the editor the next week anyway. And I was like, I just, I think it's good. We're good. Go. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, it, it can be excruciatingly long. But you know, ultimately, good people. I laugh every day. Um, and uh, I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for the world. Unless you were offering the world, maybe I would trade it. (laughs) Um, All right. Now we're going to hear from Ruben. Hey, Dory and Matt, on your latest red advertisement, Dory says she loves the tortilla melt. And I literally scream every time, do you mean quesadilla? 
Sorry, but it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me, a Mexican-American cultural appropriation. Just kidding. But it is very similar to the time I heard a turkey burrito called a wrap. <laughs> or like the time I walked into Costco and found a package of organic avocado mash. You mean guacamole? Whew, and rant. Well, hang on. Mashed avocado is one thing. Guac for me does not become guac until it is it is spiced up, cilantroed, limed, and just ready to go. Well, and, you know, I only refer to it as a tortilla melt because that's what they call it. Is it is it two tortillas on top of each other? No. Then it might be a tortilla melt. Although, although you can do a quesadilla with one, one quesadilla with one tortilla. Yeah. Hmm. So here's what I'm going to do. No. I'm just going to use a different meal for my example. Boom. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right. But the mashed avocado, like, so Henry, for instance, Henry eats mashed avocado. Yeah. With olive oil and salt, but that is not guacamole. Right. And I put in, like, crushed red pepper in mine. Mm -hmm. If we've got a lime around, mm -hmm. uh, heavy on the salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yours is edging into guacamole territory. It's heading there. And boy, oh boy, if I had some, like, pico de gallo to add in there and a little mm -hmm. bit of... Uh, I don't know what the hell gives it its kick. Well, I suppose there's enough crushed red pepper in there to call it a day. Chili powder? Maybe. Maybe. I'd love some tableside guac from... Uh... God, what's the place on Western all the way down? Mm. Can't even think of it. They do a great tableside guac there. I love a tableside guac. Okay. Um, all right. Second, because of the Kevin Smith connection, where I first learned of you guys starting the excellent podcast, I've mm -hmm. been listening since episode one, I thought that you might find it interesting to know that Ralph Garman on his podcast explained where the term egghead originated. Long story short, it caught on during the Nixon presidential campaign where he used it as a slur against McGovern, if I recall correctly. Third, I was going to send a voice memo about mattress recommendations since you all did a great job with the vacuums. And I seem to recall early on that you two talked about your sleep number bed, but I never sent it. Now we've purchased a wink bed and are awaiting its arrival. So if you ever get on a mattress discussion again, I will be able to answer the bed signal at least a little bit. <laughs> Happy Labor Day, Ruben in Boston. Thank you, Ruben. Uh, yeah, we did. I, I did some sleep number tweaking last the uh, middle of the week. Oh, yeah? yeah How'd that work out I, for you? I went, I went firmer. Uh-huh. Because I just was like, sometimes like if you like roll a little bit onto, if I roll a little bit onto Dory's side, because it's two separate uh, mattresses mm -hmm. essentially, and ours is a adjustable. A, adjustable bed, so they're they're literally split. Um, and like sometimes like if my knee goes onto Dory's side or whatever, it, it just feels like my knee is like up on a shelf. <laughs> and I'm like, am I softer than my wife who likes a soft bed and I hate a soft bed? And then I looked and I was like at 40. It's a it's a mis it's a misconception that I like a soft bed. Well, yeah, I mean, like when I started, my favorite was seventy five, right? And now, and then all of a sudden, I'm like at forty, and I was like, because every time I got on, I was like, this really is like an air mattress at this point. What is happening? Mm. And I finally adjusted it, and I felt much better about the firmness. Well, there you go. But that's the beauty of the sleep number you can you can adjust it. You can adjust it however the hell you want. Yeah. They used to be a sponsor. <laughs> Oh, we are running along. Well, we're done. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I just want to remind everyone that you can support us on Patreon. 
get up to two bonus episodes per month. That is over at patreon.com slash eggs on adventure. We do love our eggheads, our Patreon supporters, not a slur on this podcast. Eggheads. Eggheads. If you support us at the $5 level or above, you not only get those bonus apps, but you get your name right on the podcast each month and you get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes, which is quite extensive. So thank you to the following eggheads. All right. Greta Truitt, thank you. Hannah Crowder. Hillary Berry. Jackie G. Jane Callahan. Jennifer Sika. Jennifer Steele. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jessica Manilovich. Kane McCall. Caitlin Pusey. Catherine Linnae. Catherine Shimmons. Katie Heimer. Katie Regan. Katie Tavey. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Kim Mestra. Christopher Nagy. Laura. Laura Dodge. Laura Madge. Laura Rosenblum. Lex Conant. We haven't hey, heard from you in a while. Hope you're well, Lex. Yeah, Let us know. Uh... Where was I? I said Lex Conant. And then I say... Liesel. Thank you. And then I say Linnea Quinn. And I say Martin Hedegaard Peterson. <laughs> Mod Tremblay. Thank <laughs> you. Mackenzie Erickson. Megan K. Miller. Megana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Michael Roth. Michelle Kitz Miller. Mike Zytek. Molly Schranz. Mariah Adamic. Mr. Bundy. Nancy Powell. Nikki Bossert. Nikki Maraca. Patricia Faust Rezig. Paul Sharp. And Paula. Thank you all so very much for listening to us drone on and on about uh, guilt, mattresses, and books. And aquariums. Oh, should we get an aquarium? <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.